0: This is a message from the ministry of the International Baptist Church of Debrecen. For more information about our church, visit ibcdebrecen.com. Good afternoon to you all. We're uh, very glad to be back again after a long summer back over in Holland. Um, this is the first time I see this presentation also about IAM, and I must say it is very impressive to hear all these. I am quotes of Jesus in one row. Um, As far as I know, this is the sixth Sunday, we will be talking about one of the quotes. Um, And this time we will be talking about I am the resurrection and the life. Um, Before we start reading, I have a question. Does anyone know what the shortest verse in the Bible is? Jesus wept. And you know what? (laughs) It's in the chapter that we're going to read today. It's in John 11. So if you have your Bible with me, you can look up with me John 11. We will be reading several passages from this, not the entire chapter. So John 11, will start in verse one. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus was now, now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through this. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. I must honestly say, I didn't understand the word so in this context. First it says he loved them and then so he stayed two more days. Well, Well, we'll hear later on why this was. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. So apparently they were still in Galilee and they left for Judea. We continue reading in verse 17. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Now, then Martha goes back to her sister Mary. And Mary also meets Jesus. We continue reading in verse 33. When Jesus saw her, Mary, weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. "'Where have you laid him?' he asked. "'Come and see, Lord,' they replied. And now here we have the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. And the Jews said, "'See how he loved him.' But some of them said, "'Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man "'have kept this man from dying?' Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. "'Take away the stone,' he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. And then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Sent me and when he had said this jesus called in a loud voice lazarus come out the dead man came out his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and the cloth around his face and jesus said to them take off the grave clothes and let him go well we'll read until here um it's a very special chapter especially for my family and me um, My father passed away when he was uh, 50 years old in 1996, which is now 27 years ago. And this chapter was read at his funeral. Now I must tell you, the miracle didn't happen there, that he was raised from the dead again, but it was a very um, comforting chapter to us, especially because of the words that Jesus uh, spoke about himself. So um, when we were talking in the preaching and teaching team about the I am quotes of Jesus, I was like, I wanna have this one. So here we are now with John eleven, and like I said, this chapter is also uh, very special because of the fact that the shortest verse in the Bible is in this chapter verse thirty five Jesus wept two small words, but it it tells us so much. It shows the, the the pain and and grief that is is caused worldwide throughout history by death, everywhere, always. Have people died and this has caused so much distress and, and pain with people but that also leads to the central issue of of today's today's uh, quote of jesus he is the resurrection and the life in the midst of all that pain and grief there's jesus and what he says about himself is the one and only thing that brings hope and the one thing that we know we can hold on to so um as you have probably experienced we are um, working on these seven quotes of Jesus, the seven I am quotes. Now, unfortunately, I wasn't able to, um, to enjoy them all here in church, but I hope that you have understood in the course of these teachings that they are all linked. They're all linked to this um, self-revelation of God that we have seen in Exodus three, where God reveals himself to Moses and through him to Israel and says, I am who I am. I, I am the, the one being present I'm the one who is, who is close. I am the only one. There is no other God besides me. It's all in that I am who I am. And when Jesus in the Gospel of John seven, time, seven times quotes by themselves, I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here, I am the resurrection and life. Jesus immediately refers to that self-revelation of God in the Old Testament. That I am from Exodus 3 is the God who reveals himself in Jesus Christ, who says, I am. Um, When Jesus was born, his uh, earthly father Moses had a revelation in a dream where an angel said to him, you shall call his name Emmanuel because he is God with us. In fact, you can say, in Jesus Christ, God, God reveals his own face to us. Jesus is the I am, the God with us. And here in this, in this Gospel of John, Jesus specifies this even more with these I am quotes. So here in this chapter, we read in verse 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, the setting is the illness and the death of, um, of Lazarus. And when you, when you read this chapter, it seems like, I mean, I couldn't escape the idea that Jesus came too late, right? Lazarus got sick, his sister sent a message to Jesus, please come, Lazarus is sick, and, and you're the only one who can do something about it. And then, then we read, Jesus stays there for two more days. Doesn't he understand the urgency of the situation that, that Lazarus needs healing right now? He came too late. At least that would our our human interpretation be. Jesus, in verse 4, has another view on the situation. He says, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. You know what that means? That Jesus came four days late, but he was still on time. Now that's amazing, right? Something we... We humans can't do, but, but he's God. He can do it. Four days late and still on time. Now, you need to know that in, um, in Jewish belief, there was this conviction that um, if someone died, the spirit and the body didn't separate immediately, but only three days after the physical death, the spirit went back to God. So when it says here, four days he had already been in the grave, it, it means like, there's no hope anymore. The, the spirit and the soul have already separated. Death is, is final, it's over. Nothing to do here anymore. And even the disciples who were with Jesus, they, they didn't have much trust and, and hope in it. We, we skipped that passage, but um, it was um, Th- Thomas who said, okay, let's go with him to Judea. We know that the Jews there, they are looking for him and uh, they're trying to kill him. Well, we might as well just go with him and be killed also. That's the idea with which they went to Judea. They had no understanding whatsoever when Jesus had been speaking to them about, about resurrection. And it seems like no one actually had. When they arrive in Bethany and Martha comes to Jesus, she, she actually starts with, with an accusation towards Jesus. Had you only been here, then my brother would not have died. Well, there's also um, faith in her words when she says, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, he will will give. So it seems like Jesus had a very special relationship with this uh, family of three, this one brother and two sisters. He passed by their house many times. Uh, In the next chapter, we can even read, like it also says in the beginning here, Mary was the one who um, uh, had anointed the feet of Jesus with very precious oil, Uh, If I recall correctly, it was worth the price of a year's salary. Now, if you just try to imagine that, I don't know how much you make in one year, but that entire amount spending on one little jar of oil, (laughs) giving that to Jesus. Apparently, it means that this was a quite wealthy family, but it also means that they had a great and deep love for Jesus. When you look at that conversation that Martha has with with Jesus on the road outside of Bethany, it seems like there's a a conversation in three stages. First of all, she expresses her hope of a miracle. Even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, he will do it. So perhaps if, if Jesus says something, who knows something might change about the situation? Secondly, the second stage in the conversation is that she has some, some hope of resurrection in the far future. When Jesus tells her, your brother will rise again. Yeah, I know, he will be raised up at, at, the, at the end of time, at, at, the, at the final resurrection. But that's not actually what Jesus was talking about. And finally, it comes to the stage where she, get, she gets hope for right here and right now. When Jesus says about himself, I am the resurrection and the life. So the hope that Martha has grows actually by shifting the focus from Lazarus and his death and perhaps a miracle to Jesus Christ himself, who is the resurrection and the life. So the focus goes from Lazarus to Jesus from a possible miracle to the maker himself. So what, what does Jesus actually say with this, with this quote? I am the resurrection and the life. He says, whoever believes in me, verse 25 and 26, whoever believes in me shall live, even if they die. Now this means that Jesus has some solution some secret which, which is even stronger than death. Even if they die, they shall live. Which means he is the one who takes away the, the fear and the sting of death. Now That happened when Jesus Christ himself died at the cross and rose from the grave again. That's where he took the sting out of death. Every single person that's being born in this world has one certainty that at someday his or her life will end again, that you will die if Jesus doesn't come back earlier. Death is the one and single certainty we have. But now Jesus says, here's your secret. Who believes in me shall live. And a kind of life I give to that person that, that even goes through or, or over death A life that is stronger than death. When Jesus rose from the grave, he showed that he overcame the power of death. And death eventually, as we know from the Bible, is a consequence of sin. Jesus conquered sin and death when he rose from the grave. And this power of life that he has, he shares with every single person who believes in him. Now many people have the idea, like believing in Jesus, like, okay, I believe that Jesus existed some 2,000 years ago, he did great miracles, he died at the cross and then rose again. I believe that, I accept that intellectually. Well, you know what the Bible says about that kind of belief? The demons also believe. And they shiver. They realize what this fact means, that God is God, that Jesus rose again. They shiver because they know that their destiny is sealed with that. This kind of faith is not enough to make it to heaven because I believe that those demons won't make it to heaven. So you neither. This kind of belief is not enough. Whoever believes in me, says Jesus, shall live. What he's speaking about is a kind of faith that that makes us one with Jesus, that unites us with him. Jesus, what you have, I want it too. Jesus, what you are, I want to be also. What, what, what we just sang in the song, uh, a kind of unity with Jesus where you surrender it all to him. No longer I live, but Lord Jesus, I want you to live in me. That's the kind of faith, belief that Jesus speaks about here. He who believes in me shall live. And the kind of life that he has and that he shares with all who believe in him like that is a kind of life that, that is stronger than death, that nothing or no one ever can take away. Now, that kind of life, that, that that gives hope to live life to the full right here and right now. So that's the first thing that Jesus makes clear. Whoever believes in me shall live even if they die. You have eternal life in jesus christ that cannot be taken away by anyone or anything no matter what circumstances you have to go through no matter what kind of people you have to face in your life no one can ever take away this treasure that you have in jesus but you might say well that's nice for the long run but what does it help me right here and right now well there's the second thing who lives and believes in me will not die for eternity but wait a minute when we look at history even those people who believed in jesus they they died and were buried right yes their body died but what jesus is talking about is this eternal life that he gained when he when he rose from the dead he has a kind of life that is imperishable and that he shares with all who believe in him and that life does not just start when when you are buried in that, that life starts right here and right now, when Jesus Christ enters into your life. You gain a quality of life which is, which is unstoppable and which surpasses everything. That's what um, Paul also talks about in Romans 6, verse uh, 11 uh, to 14. From the moment on that Jesus came into your life, you no longer are under power of death and sin. From that moment on, You are under the power, under the control of Jesus. Death no longer rules as a slave driver, Jesus rules as the king of love. So you you have a total new kind of life. That's that's what Jesus is talking about here. That kind of life (laughs) will never ever fade away again. Yes, your, your body might someday die, but this eternal life that you have inside of you by the power of the spirit of Jesus It's unstoppable. You you can't keep it inside. So what we see here in this I am quote of Jesus in John 11, it shows the true intentions that Jesus had with which he came to this world. Not just to be a a miracle maker. Yes, those miracles he did, they they were great, they were awesome. But his goal was not just to solve the immediate problems that, that people faced. What he came to do was to to restore life for once and for all to the full, for eternity. Jesus went to the the root of the problem by beating sin and death through his resurrection. But still, the reality of pain and death is here. That's not being blotted out. And I think the Bible is very honest and clear about that too. That's, that's why I think it's also a, a great comfort that verse 35 is in the Bible. Jesus wept. And those were not just some fake tears because he knew already what was going to happen. No, Jesus realized to the full what the consequence of sin was. What the, the pain was that the consequence of sin, like, what death had brought about but he's also the one who shows authority over death. When he shouts out in a great voice, Lazarus, come out! When the King of kings and the Lord of lords speaks out these words, what do you think is going to happen? Lazarus could not do anything else but coming out. Just like the the winds and and the waves and, and all creation had to obey Jesus, likewise even death had to obey Jesus. Lazarus came out, he rose from the grave and came back to life again. Yes, there are many, many, many examples that this didn't happen. I mean, anyone who faced uh, death in his or her life must have been praying, Lord, please let this person live. It didn't happen. Death is inevitable. But the fact that this chapter is in the Bible, and I must say, when you look, Throughout mission history, there have been many instances that it did happen that that people were raised from the dead. It shows that Jesus has eter- has eternal uh, authority over death and over sin, and this is what what fills us with hope. Now, when you look at at what this what this uh, miracle brought about, I would say if I were there in uh, Bethany and I would hear about this miracle, or perhaps I would be standing there in the crowd and see Lazarus come out of the grave. You cannot do anything else but believe in Jesus, right? I mean, he shows his power in front of your eyes. Wow! I I, I can imagine that the, the entire population in that city must have come to faith in Jesus. Well, it says in verse 45, many of them believed in Jesus, but there were also others who responded in a different way. You know what they did? They went to the Pharisees, and they told everything that he did. And the Pharisees were like, we need to get this Jesus, and not only Jesus, but even Lazarus as well, who was raised from the dead, because so many people believe in this Jesus because of him. So, a miracle like this not always leads to faith. In fact, it it seems to be rather the other way around, that a miracle is being received in the way of faith. Not in the first place that a miracle leads to faith, but faith leads to miracles. Important question to Martha, when Jesus um, reveals himself as the resurrection and the life, in the end of verse 26, Jesus says, Do you believe this? I am the resurrection and the life. Life can only be found in me. Do you believe this? It's not just something that's good to know when Jesus says, I am. It's not just something to uh, accept um, in, in, in your mind. It's something that requires a response. It requires a, a choice of faith, not just from Martha, but, but from every one of, of us who are reading this passage now today. When Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, and we just accept that with our mind, but we don't do anything with it, then we are just ignoring life. Ignoring this word of Jesus means ignoring eternal life, and rejecting Jesus is in fact equal to eternal death. Well, In that, in that aspect, the, the gospel of the Bible is, is very exclusive. There, there are no multiple ways to God. like, okay, if you, um, if you walk any path of religion, it's fine as long as you have good intentions. None of that. The Bible doesn't leave space for that. It's Jesus or it's nothing. That's how clear the Bible is. So not only Martha, but in fact every one of us is being put to the choice here when Jesus asks us, do you believe that? Do you believe that eternal life can only be in him, through him, by his resurrection? And and do you entrust yourself to that? And, And not only that, even your life here and right now, true deliverance of, of sin, true deliverance of the power of death, and real hope, you can only get through Jesus by his life and his spirit that he wants to give in us right here and right now. Do you believe that? So this question does not mean um, now do your best uh, to improve your christianity, to be a good believer it's, it is more of Jesus in you so how do you do that? well I think this chapter that we just read gives us a few clues about that first of all I would say call out to Jesus in every single situation that you're in in your life not, not just when you're in an emergency, any situation Mary and Martha when they saw their brother declining in a situation in his illness they called out to Jesus not just in emergencies any situation that you're in let Jesus be involved in your entire life let him be lord over every aspect of your life call out to him and secondly trust him and also trust his timing even when it doesn't always correspond with your timing like we just saw in this occasion he was four days late but still in time because it's all about the glory of the Son of God trust him and trust his timing thirdly confess him give glory to him like like Martha did when she was when she was asked by Jesus do you believe this yes Lord I believe that you are the Messiah, the one who is to come. Proclaim the name of Jesus. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are the only one worthy of receiving all the honor and glory here on earth and in heaven. Jesus, you are the one to me. Glorify his name. This this has so much power, especially when you are in, in, in situations of distress. It helps you open up your eyes for the spiritual reality. Make great the name of Jesus. Fourthly, there are only five, so we're almost done. Fourthly, accept that belonging to him and following him won't always make you popular. popular. Um, Lazarus was here um, the object that was being dealt with. He was raised from the dead. And you might say that um, after this, People came to to Bethany to see this man. Have you really been dead? How, How was it like? What was it like in the grave? And how was it when Jesus called I mean, he became popular. People wanted to see him. But on the other hand, there were also people who wanted to kill him because he was raised from the dead by Jesus. So when you follow Jesus, when you confess that you belong to him, don't count on it that you will become popular that people will praise you. Rather the opposite. When you look at the life of Jesus, you know how he he ended. Well, most followers of him end in that way. But they do gain eternal life in him. Last thing. If you want to gain more of that life of Jesus Christ in you, I would recommend to you, submit everything that you are and that you have him. Mary, in the next chapter, spent a year's wage oil with oil on anointing Jesus. Can you imagine that? It must have been a fortune to her, no matter how wealthy she was. How much would you be willing to sacrifice to Jesus? How much is his love worth to you? Call out to him in every situation. Trust him and trust his timing. Confess him. Give him glory. Accept that following him also means suffering. And submit everything to this Jesus. Let's pray to him. Lord Jesus, we glorify your name. You are the great I am. You are the resurrection and the life. Through you we have hope that even surpasses death and grave. Lord Jesus, you are the only one who is worthy to receive honor and glory because you are God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this good news. Thank you for the hope that you give us and the joy that that surpasses every understanding. Lord Jesus, you you have risen. You have broken the, the chain of death your resurrection stands in the center of, of entire history as the one single point that brought about a huge change. Lord Jesus, we, we trust in you. We call out your name because we desperately need you. We want to say to you that we, we trust in you and we trust in your word. We trust in your guidance. And we want to submit ourselves to you, Lord Jesus. Here at this moment, this afternoon. What we have and what we are, Lord Jesus, let it all be for you and for your glory. We don't want anything for ourselves anymore. We surrender it all. Lord Jesus, help us to to walk with you, to live in you, to have hope and joy in you alone. And bless us for one another in that faith, Lord. We lift up your name. And we look forward to what you will do in us, through us, for your glory. It's in your name that we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for lending us your ears and your time today. If your curiosity has been piqued and you'd like to learn more about our church and the work we do, please feel free to visit our website at ibcdebretson.com. Better yet, We warmly invite you to join us in person and experience our community firsthand. We look forward to welcoming you